A reading from the book of Genesis. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now a reading from the letter to the Romans. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned, sin was indeed in the world before the law. But sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through one, the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If, because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. But law came in with the result that the trespass multiplied, where, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that, just as sin exercised dominion in death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And from the first letter to the Corinthians, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. The word of the Lord. In the 1930s, in Germany, a leader rose to power based on the promise and the vision of creating a super race. Adolf Hitler laid before the German peoples the image of an Aryan nation that he claimed by right of birth and right of lineage deserved to dominate, to have dominion over everything else and everyone else. Light-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, even though he was not one of them were the ones 
who would solve Germany's problems and dominate the world. Hitler's vision, and a vision that was adopted by so many, was a vision of creating the perfect humanity, perfect human beings. They took that vision so far as to say that any who did not fit that image of perfect humanity must be pushed to the side or even eliminated. Our vision of what makes for the perfect human being, the perfect humanity, makes all the difference in the world. It makes a difference not just in what we believe and what we hope and what we see, but in what we do with ourselves and with others. And so we have to ask the question, what does constitute a perfect human being? What makes for perfect humanity? There are, thank God, other visions, other images of what humanity is meant to be. We're talking about that question in a way this fall as we think about what makes for human community, for unity among peoples on the face of the earth. We're talking about how we are supposed to live, who we are supposed to be, what we're supposed to do in a way that makes it all work. Recently, we've talked about the fact that God creates his people into a village, a little community of folks that are meant to look after each other. God creates his people into a family. He gives us to each other with an inextricable and indestructible bond, the bond of being family with each other. He creates us into a body, a body that needs all of its parts in order to live. He creates us into a people people who have a unique language, the language of love, people who have a unique history, a history of salvation, people who have unique customs and habits, those things that we do in order to celebrate and lift up and remember and follow our Savior. All of that is another way of saying that God is making us into new human beings a new humanity. Let's go back and see where that idea comes from because ideas make a difference. In the beginning, that's what Genesis actually means, in the beginning, God created everything and then God created the last thing. God created us. We are at the pinnacle, the peak, the end of God's initial act of creation in the world. When God created us, God said something about us 
that was also a way of saying something to us that God said only to us. Out of all the things of creation, God said to us, I am making you in my image. That the whole creation might speak something about the glory of God, only the human creation is imprinted and imbued with the image of God. And so we need to ask a question. If we are meant to look like God, then what does God look like? Of course, we're not speaking about physical attributes. We're speaking of the attributes of character, of quality, of person. If you believe that God doesn't care so much about us, if you believe that God is not involved with us, if you believe that God merely likes to toy around with us and watch us suffer and struggle and fail and try all over again, if you believe that God chooses only some for his blessing and everybody else is only worth burning in the eternal fires of hell, if you believe in that kind of God, then that says a lot about what you believe you are meant to be. What you believe about God is important. I hate hearing people say all religions are alike. No, they're not. Because all religions do not teach the same thing about who God is. The image of God is built into me and it's built into you. And whoever you and I believe God is dictates who you and I believe we are meant to be. I believe God is loving. God is creating. God is forgiving. God is involved. God cares so very much that he chose to die for me. That's my image of God. Therefore, that's my image. My understanding, the biblical understanding of who human beings are meant to be. We are created in God's image. We are created male and female, Genesis says. That's the beginning of our understanding of what some people like today to call perhaps human rights. We believe that all are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. It all comes from the proclamation of Genesis. That male and female are one and the same in terms of status before God and status within creation. And not just male and female, but by extension, everyone else. All are created in the image of God. There is no one who is not created in the image of God. No one can be thrown away. No one can be discounted. No one can be left out because all are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God and then God gives us dominion over all the rest of creation. 
But then we have to ask another question when we read that. God himself is the one who has dominion, does he not? Who's in charge? Is it us? Is it God? Obviously, it begins with God. God is the one who dominates the creation because God is the one who makes the creation. And then God invites us to be part of his creativity, his creative activity in the world. That's what it means to have God's image. God puts himself into us so that we might do what he does and have dominion so that the creation will continue. God is the creator. God is the one who gives life. God is the one who gives breath. God is the one who gives meaning. God is the one who gives beauty. God is the one who gives us everything for the flourishing, not just of human life, but of the whole creation. God did not make his creation so that he might destroy it or abuse it, but so that it might bless all who are in that creation. And so you and I are created equally, all of us together with God's image, in order to have dominion and continue the process of creation itself. But, the most important words in the Bible are little words. But, is one of them. We do not live up to the image that God made from the beginning. But we sometimes fail. But we sometimes get confused. But we often pick our own way rather than God's way. And so that's why in addition to that beautiful, poetic, lyrical passage from Genesis, we read the incredibly confusing, twisted, tortured conversation from Paul's letter to the Romans about another one of those little words, the word sin. The image of God is built into us that we might be something like God and continuing to create, but sin. We choose our own way, we choose a different way, and nothing that we can choose apart from God is going to create. In fact, it's going to destroy. Did you notice that Paul says that when sin overtakes us, when we, in our pride, in our stubbornness, in our confusion, in our selfishness, decide to do things our own way, Paul says that sin and death have dominion. Not life, not love, not God, but death, destruction, the end of creation. But God has an answer to that in Jesus. In Jesus' sacrificial death for us, in Jesus' creation and life among us as one of us in the incarnation, the humanity of God, in Jesus' teaching, in his life, in everything about Jesus. 
God solves the problem of the dominion of sin and returns us to the dominion of God himself. Paul literally says, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that just as sin exercised dominion in death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A new humanity is created when God defeats the dominion of evil and death and restores the dominion of his love in Jesus and then in us. All of that complicated theology is comprehended in a beautiful sort of way and the one phrase that that we read from 1 Corinthians, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we bear the image of the man of heaven. Adam, Adam, the man of dust, Jesus, Yeshua, the Savior, the man of heaven. God holds out before us in the person of Jesus, the image of the perfect human being. The one picture of humanity as God meant it to be from the beginning and as God means it to be for all the rest of us. Praise God that in Jesus, he gives us himself for our forgiveness, for our education, for our inspiration, in that as we walk with Jesus and learn the way of Jesus in this life today, we begin to become who we were meant to be, brand new human beings, a new humanity. If that's not how you envision your life, it needs to be, because that's the gospel. That's what will save the world, is new human beings in the image of Jesus. We believe that God has done that in Jesus. We believe that God is doing that in us. We believe it so much that we come all the time to this table where that new humanity is lifted up and where we find strength, nurture, forgiveness, encouragement, renewal from the living Savior himself. Ministering in Jesus' name, I invite you to come to the table where Jesus is to find your forgiveness, to find your comfort, to find your strength, to find your fellowship and your friendship and your community, to find the humanity that God made into each one of us. Everyone is invited because all are created in God's image.